read it once more, and then we'll settle in for a few minutes of quiet and wrestling. The words of the teacher of the assembly, David's son, king in Jerusalem. Perfectly pointless, says the teacher. Perfectly pointless. Everything is pointless. What do people gain from all the hard work that they work so hard at under the sun? A generation goes and a generation comes, but the earth remains as it always has. The sun rises, the sun sets. It returns panting to the place where it dawns. The wind blows to the south, goes around to the north, around and around blows the wind. The wind returns to its rounds again. All streams flow to the sea, but the sea is never full. To the place where the rivers flow, there they continue to flow. All words are tiring. No one is able to speak. The eye isn't satisfied with seeing. Neither is the ear filled up by hearing. Whatever has happened, that's what will happen again. Whatever has occurred, that's what will occur again. There's nothing new under the sun. People may say about something, look at this, it's new, but it was already around for ages before us. There's no remembrance of things in the past, nor of things to come in the future. Neither will there be any remembrance among those who come along in the future. Take a few minutes of quiet, wrestle with a paradox, a curiosity, and then we'll come back and draw our attention together. Take a moment and return to the space. No one left the space, I anticipate. Um, We've been practicing uh, quiet as part of this journey of wisdom, recognizing that sometimes wisdom shows up in quiet and silence. Um, This is probably the most focal invitation we've given in the midst of the practice of quiet. Um, So I'm curious um, if there was a particular image from that passage in Ecclesiastes that drew your attention, something that piqued your curiosity, something that kind of set something in motion in you, what struck you, what piqued your curiosity, what image did you wrestle with? Um, so it used to always be like Ecclesiastes was like the, the, the teacher was just like having a really bad day. Um, and he's just like grumpy. He's like, oh, what's the point? It's all stupid. Um, but, but now I hear it as it's, there's something so, so peaceful about it and so content about it of being able to say like the sun rises, sun sets. And like, I had this image in my mind of, of like people trying to spin the earth as if like we need to do that and we like get up every day and think that all of the work that we're doing is so important and so essential as if like we were to stop then everything would just fall apart but there's this like peace and this grace and going like this whole thing just keeps going it just keeps happening um but then I also feel this paradox with like we're facing uh environmental climate collapse um and so then there's a tension there of, like, we do affect things. So. Another person, image, or thought? Actually, I have a question. Is Ecclesiastes written by Solomon? Do you know? Okay. Because they said David's son, correct? And Okay. So he was given the gift of wisdom by God. And here's this person who maybe wrote it, who is full of wisdom, knows, and wisdom is the foundation of everything in the Bible, I think. 
at least in Proverbs, it kind of says that. So this person that's full of wisdom, and he finds it utterly, what's the point? And, and what I get from so that's the paradox, is this person who is given such a great gift and says, what's the point of it all? But I also get out of it that there's no point to it unless God, unless God. And so I guess that's where I'm at. Yeah. Okay, one more. Cody and Chrissy, keep them short. I'm kind of with Nick. I, I think I always read that as, um, you know, kind of a somber view of the world. Um, but the phrase, like, perfectly pointless stood out to me this time. And and it kind of changed the whole nature of how I heard what he what he was expressing. Like, that in the, the pointlessness there was a purpose. Like, as if um, if we thought that those things mattered, we'd find more value or we'd add more value in those things. And so... The fact that it's pointless points us to the idea that there's something else that matters, you know. So if, if it were not pointless to run after fortune, fame, job, something else, then we could somehow be satisfied by that. Um, so it's, it almost, as you read it, I sort of pictured him being like uh, having a smirk on his face. Like, isn't that great? You know, it's perfectly pointless, not that it was... Um, like pointless to be alive or try things or anything like that. This is a long room and you make me work real hard. Um, I was listening to what Shar said and it made me think about um, the way of wisdom and we were talking, I don't know, several weeks ago about how it sounds like almost like Lord of the Rings, like this adventure as you're seeking wisdom. And it made me wonder if maybe having the gift of wisdom given to you makes life feel more pointless because you don't have to seek after it. And so maybe part of what we're supposed to learn from this is that the, you know, there's this journey that we're on that's an adventure, and it does, um, not having all the answers gives meaning to life, because we're able to wrestle and ask questions and play with paradox and, and not know. Awesome. Um, we are jumping, we spent the last three weeks in Proverbs, and we're jumping into Ecclesiastes tonight. Uh, we're going to spend a couple weeks in Ecclesiastes, and last week Jane asked me what we'd be talking about tonight. And I said, kind of right off the top of my head, I said, the world is absurd. Proverbs don't always work. Everything is meaningless, and God can be trusted. The world is absurd. Proverbs don't always work. Everything is meaningless, and God can be trusted. Um, Have you ever experienced a season where life stops working? Or a season where life stops working the way that it used to work? Or you realize that life never worked the way that you thought it worked. Have you had seasons or moments like that? Seasons where it feels like, oh, this is not how I expected this to be going. This is not what I thought was going to happen here. Um, growing up, there was a certain script that I inherited about how the world worked. Um, there were a few different pieces to it. One of them is something like, if you tell the truth, people will believe you. And the counterpoint being, if you tell lies, you'll be eaten by a wolf. Right? Like, that's the story. Like, the boy who cried wolf. That's the story we're getting. That's how the world works. If you tell the truth, people will believe you. If you tell a lie, a wolf is going to eat you. Um, If you treat people with kindness, you will be treated with kindness. 
right? Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. It's like a piece of wisdom gifted to me uh, that I carry with with me. Um, Trusting God will add years to your life, but following your own path will lead to ruin. Does that sound familiar? That's like, that's in a book of the Bible we've been looking at lately. It's from Proverbs, right? Like a lot of this stuff is kind of like, this is how Proverbs feels. It feels like the kind of wisdom that we want to latch onto and really like. The wisdom of Proverbs says, if you act like this, you can expect this to happen. If X, then Y. Invest in friends and you'll feel surrounded by friends when you need them. Tell the truth, trust in God, and you'll live a long life. That's the wisdom of Proverbs. But the teacher of Ecclesiastes, the wisdom of this book says, meaningless, meaningless. Everything is meaningless, perfectly pointless, the translation I said. Some other translations say, vanity, vanity, everything is vanity, or absurd, absurd, meaningless, pointless. It's a different kind of wisdom. Proverbs gives us some great insight as a starting point on the way of wisdom. But a friend of mine, Tim, he says it's called Proverbs. The book of Proverbs is called Proverbs because it's a collection of Proverbs, not a collection of promises. It doesn't have all kinds of guarantees written in. You can't like phone in and say, hey, this one didn't work. I tried it and it didn't work. It doesn't work like that. It's not a book of promises. Another writer, Brian Zahn, says that we need to heed the advice of Proverbs. It's a great place to start. But we also need to recognize that Proverbs doesn't plumb the mysteries of life. In other words, there will come a point where the wisdom of the Proverbs won't work in the way that we want it to work. I've been doing a lot of reading and writing lately around stages and seasons of faith and how as we navigate this human journey toward God, things shift and change. Our experience of God shifts and change. Our understanding and our practices of faith shift and change. And nearly everyone who's writing about the process of faith formation talks about a moment or a season in life where it feels like everything falls apart. Some of us use the word deconstruction to talk about this. It's like a rug being pulled out from under us. Or it's like looking down and realizing that the rug you thought was there maybe never was. And the church mothers and the church fathers wrote about this initial awakening of faith, like illumination, like you're coming alive as if for the first time. And then they wrote about this season that follows this necessary but painful, often, often painful season that feels like emptying. It feels like you're being drained of everything that once gave you life. St. Teresa of Avila described it as an inner chaos. Richard Rohr talks about each of us having this like, internal loyal soldier that gets us through our first half of life. But then in order to move into the second half of life, we need to, he says, dispatch that loyal soldier and figure out the next season without this guide that's gotten us so far. James Fowler talks about crisis. Janet Hagberg talks about the wall. She says people who are pursuing God will, at some point in their life, experience what she calls the wall. You're going to hit it on this journey of faith. Faith is complicated. Life has mysteries, yeah? There are some things that don't make sense. There are some things that are really difficult to hold together. And this is what Ecclesiastes is all about. It's about these moments and these pieces and these puzzles in life that are not so easy to explain. These things that are not so easy to wrap our minds around. 
Ecclesiastes has a word for this, this concept, this, this struggle, this tension. Um, and it's a word that Ecclesiastes uses 38 times. Um, and the Hebrew word is hevel. Hevel, H-E-V-E-L would be its transliteration. Hevel is often translated meaningless or vanity. The translation I was looking at said perfectly pointless. So we think about this word like meaningless, pointless, but that's not always the most helpful thing. We, we talked about some ways that we can access it as helpful, but we hear that and we're like, meaningless, pointless? Does that mean we just give up? Should we just like toss our hands in the air? What's the point of trying if everything is meaningless? If it's perfectly pointless, why do we even try? So the Hebrew word is pushing us in a little bit of a different direction. The most literal translation of the word hevel is vapor or smoke. So it's been chilly out. It's getting so cold here in Northern California. I was just in Southern California where it was warm and sunny. I remember that I used to live there, and then I had to come back to the cold. But anyways, that was a brief complaint, sorry. But you wake up in the morning, it's cold outside. You walk outside, and you take a big breath, inhale of fresh air. It's crisp, it's cool. It feels like an icicle is traveling down your throat. And then you exhale, and what do you see? You see your breath. That's so weird that we see our breath. And how long does it last? A couple seconds, right? It's there, and then it's gone. And there are some days that feel like it's too warm to see your breath, but you can see your breath. And there are some days where it doesn't seem like you see your breath, but it's there, and then it's gone. A few seconds later, hevel, a vapor, or a smoke. It's here, and then it's gone. It's beautiful, it's mysterious, it's puzzling, but it can be unclear or confusing. It can be disorienting. There's something uncontrollable about it. You inhale and you exhale and you see it and then it's gone. You're not really sure what it is or was it really there. What was it that was there? This vapor or this smoke, something that's fleeting, not lasting. That's like the most literal definition of it. It's something that's not lasting. It's there and then it's gone a few seconds later. There's kind of a deeper definition that's something more akin to absurdity some kind of puzzle or some kind of enigma, some kind of paradox. Ecclesiastes will talk about how good people all the time get what the wicked people, wicked people deserve, and the wicked get what the good people deserve. Proverbs is saying, like, if you do this, you're going to be rewarded. Follow God in your life. Years will be added to your life. You can count on it. And then we look around the world and we're like, that doesn't always happen. The just, the just people, the righteous people, aren't always the one who kind of ones who rise to the top of power. That's not how our world works. There's something hevel. There's something absurd. There's something puzzling or paradoxical, paradoxical about what actually happens in our experience of the world. Proverbs. We spent three weeks in Proverbs. Proverbs lays out a picture of how the world works. Fear the Lord. Do good. Trust in God, and things will go well with you. And sometimes it works like that, which is why Proverbs is in the scriptures. It's really helpful. It's good advice. It's a wonderful starting point on the way of wisdom. Ecclesiastes says sometimes the world doesn't work like that. And Ecclesiastes invites us to consider these moments or these seasons or these pieces of life that seem absurd or paradoxical or, or they shift and moved, move faster than we would expect. Seasons where this, the, we have these, this presence of doubt that we cannot escape, where we have, we're surrounded by questions that we can't answer. Where we have these two things that are opposites, but they're both true and they're both currently being experienced. 
It is possible to be filled with joy and sadness at the same time, and there's something hevel about that. It's, how, how does this work? How do I feel this and this at the same time? How am I experiencing this and this at the same time? There's this reality that our bodies over time slow down, that we're very susceptible to illness and pain as humans. These things are hevel, this mystery, this paradox, this absurdity that we wrestle with as humans. There are two very dear people to me uh, who are approximately the same age, and for much of life, they were on the same path, and they were headed in the same direction. But circumstances changed, and now life is very good for one of them and very hard for the other one. This isn't like a right or wrong thing. It's not a good or bad. It's not pointless. It's not meaningless, but it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Life was looking like this, a parallel journey, and then it's split. It's hevel. It doesn't make sense. There's a paradox there to me. Um, When Chrissy's grandfather was young, he served in the military, and he lived on base, Um, and he had a weekend pass, and he was going to fly home in a small plane with a friend of his who also lived on base. He was going to fly home in this plane Um, and surprise his family. And at the last minute, instead of getting on the plane, he decided to go into town for the weekend and not visit his family. Um, That plane crashed, and all of the people on the plane didn't survive. In that moment, if Chrissy's grandfather had chosen to be on that plane, everything in my life, everything in Chrissy's life certainly, would have been different. For the family of that pilot who did lose his life, everything shifted. One story continues Another story draws to a close. It's tragic. It's complicated. This is what the Hebrew writers would say is hevel. In Ecclesiastes 9, the teacher tells this story. Ecclesiastes 9 says, I saw under the sun this example of wisdom that greatly impressed me. There was once a small city with only a few people in it, and a powerful king came against it, surrounded it, and built huge siege works against it. Now there lived in that city a man who was poor but wise, and he saved the city by his wisdom. But nobody remembered that poor man. The man saves the city. It's an unlikely story of an unlikely hero. He saves the city against the powerful king who was putting up siege works against the city. He saved the city, but nobody remembered that man. It's hard to wrap our mind around things like this. It's paradoxical. It's confusing. It seems absurd That person should be remembered. And the writer, the teacher of Ecclesiastes would say, that's hevel. That's the sense of this this thing that's fleeting, this thing that doesn't totally make sense, this thing that's beyond our control. These moments, these seasons of life that are a mystery, that are a paradox. We don't understand how we're feeling this and that at the same time. We don't understand how we have this belief, and yet our body is telling us something else. It's hevel. It's a mystery. It's a paradox. It's a breath. It's a vapor. It comes like this, and then it's gone. Ecclesiastes names these realities as something that's common and shared in the human experience. Time ticks for everyone. Everybody's susceptible to the movement of time. Just as every life has a beginning, so each of our lives will have an ending. The rain falls, and it falls on those who are filled with justice And the rain falls on those who are filled with injustice. It's hevel. It's the way that the world works. Proverbs tells us something about how the world works. Proverbs isn't wrong. 
but it has to be in conversation with Ecclesiastes, the teacher who says, everything is hevel. Everywhere you look, everything is hevel. Now, there's good news in this. Um, There's really good news in this. We're going to talk about it next week. Ecclesiastes has 12 chapters exploring the absurdity of the world, and it doesn't come to quick or easy conclusions. Part of the invitation of the teacher of Ecclesiastes into wisdom is to sit, and to sit with questions that don't have quick conclusions that we can jump to. So an invitation this week for you is to sit. Take some time this week and sit with Hevel, the sense that the world is filled with paradoxes and puzzles and questions and absurdities. There are things that make no sense. And those things, you can find them in Ecclesiastes, you can find them in your own life, and you can find them in our world. Sit with this space. Sit with an experience of Hevel. And then maybe spend some time asking yourself, where is good news in this? Where is wisdom in this? Where is God in this? I mean, I invite you, if you want to, to grab one of these little sheets of paper on the back. Um, It just has some space to write if you want to write a sentence or a phrase or an image. Um, And then you could bring it back next week if you want to, and I'd be really curious to kind of see what what we're exploring. If If we're sitting with the wisdom of Ecclesiastes and sitting in the space of recognizing that the world is complicated, there's a lot of stuff happening, and a lot of it doesn't make any sense. Sit with it, write it down, maybe bring it back next week, and we're going to explore a little bit deeper about how do we find, how do we tap into the wisdom and the good news that's present uh, in the teachings of Ecclesiastes. Sound good?